0: Welcome to Phone Booth Fighting, everybody. He's Frank Mir. I'm Richard Hunter, and uh, it's podcast time once again, folks. So sit back and enjoy this one. We are coming to you, as we so often do, from suburban Las Vegas, inside the friendly, Secure, welcoming confines of stately Mirror Manor. Frank, uh, nice to see you. We just got done with jiu-jitsu. Uh, Frank still has his gi pants on, as a matter of fact.
1: You told me you were going to run home and take a shower. I'm like...
0: Well, what I actually said was I was going to put dry clothes on, which I did. Shower is uh, forthcoming. In, in my house, we're we're very hygienic. Uh, I wiped down with the defense soap wipes. I mean, I did a little thing, but, but there's a full on shower coming, uh, afterward or else, uh, uh, Jennifer doesn't like to get too close. No,
1: mine's the same way, especially when I roll with other people. I could probably get away with working out at the gym if I'm just lifting by myself Yeah, and I could sit on the couch for a few minutes before jumping in the shower. But she gets upset at me if I'm rolling with other people and the mixture of sweats. Yeah. But uh, normally I would take a shower when I first got home too, but we were on a little bit of a time constraint. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. There's not enough time. So
0: no, you you were right. Uh, uh, we we had to get over here and tape the podcast. But yeah, I think for the ladies, it's it's the you know the 15 other men part. Yeah, that uh, I think they're just doing the math in their heads, and it's not sexy. Uh, but yeah, we were over at uh, Robert Drysdale's doing our uh, jujitsu training. Frank makes a family affair out of it it was it was a strong mirror representation over there
1: yep, i bring the kids with me and uh actually the youngest is the only one that's not going right now and mm-hmm. i think I'll, I'll wait till wrestling season's over with so not to confuse them with too many different things and mm-hmm. i have a feeling i'm gonna end up you know trying to tell him not to choke a kid during a wrestling match <laughs> so the <laughs> yeah. older ones can kind of shift gears but you know he's only seven so yeah so right now just yeah it's uh, myself cage and bella and just they're in the one class over there, the beginners, and then I'm over there getting choked out by Robert. So,
0: <laughs> that's right. Well, Robert Drysdale's uh, Venom Jiu-Jitsu Gym is a great place to train. If uh, you're in, if you live in Las Vegas or you're just visiting, you should uh, drop by there and check it out. So. That's uh, where Frank and I train. Uh, we got a lot of fights to talk about. We had his big fight weekend, and uh, we'll be talking about all that. We got some uh, news coming out of the fight world. Some matchups have been made that have really piqued our interest uh, moving forward for the next couple of months in the UFC. We'll be talking about all that. First of all, Frank, we need to welcome on a new sponsor. It is new sponsor's time on Phone Booth Fighting. Let's say hello and uh, welcome to the family, Earth's Brew. Frank, these guys uh, developed a a product. It's a social beverage, but it is a non-alcoholic beverage. They say it's a smarter, uh, alcohol-free way to relax. Now, I like this right away because I'm a non-drinker. Uh, and, uh, there are a couple of listeners to the podcast. That's how they reached out to us. They're fans of, uh, phone booth fighting. So they understand the, uh, phone booth fighting vibe, uh, which makes them an even greater fit, uh, for what we do. Ursprue is an innovative supplement that lets you kick back and relax in social settings or ease stress and kick it up a notch when you need to be mentally Productive. So far, all of that describes me, especially in the social setting, because uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, usually I've alienated people at a party. And I need to be sharp because I'm involved in some sort of debate with them. And (laughs) uh, yeah, and uh, I got to be on uh, my game there. And then, secondly, because uh, a lot of parties have uh, all the drinkers, I'm usually uh, resigned to ordering the Shirley Temple. So now I'm going to show up with my Earth's Brew uh, under my arm.
1: And the fact it's plant based it doesn't elude you. Huh?
0: Certainly glad you brought that up for uh, the vegan plant based. That's right. It contains uh, Earth Brew contains no alcohol. It is powered by plants. It uses a precise blend of ingredients to create a new paradigm in herbal relaxation and focus. And that's right. Whenever I see those two keywords, plant based, I know uh, that is something worth checking out for me. The vegan. Now you, Frank are back in training uh, like i said we're at at drysdale's you're uh you're hammering at full force uh ready to get back into active competition and that means that you got to watch the diet that means that uh you weren't allowed to go to Doomie's late night the other well, night because you already <laughs> expended your calorie allowance or yeah, whatever uh, mrs mir uh, has you on
1: finally is uh came around and, and tired of listening to my whole well, we just can manipulate macronutrients i can eat as much protein or fat i want just cut carbs or Mm -hmm. just you know do this and that and basically she finally sat me down and, and said look Let's be realistic. It's calories in, calories out.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> if you're eating more calories than you're burning, regardless how good of calories they are, you're not going to get any thinner. You're going to keep looking the way you've looked the last couple of fights. So she worked out how many calories I need to take in every day. And so I've had to look to cut corners, uh, drinking water and, and basically coffee is my only uh, recreational beverage mm-hmm. because, you know, so many things, you know, all of a sudden, I have a glass of cranberry juice and that meal I had has to get a little bit smaller to compensate for what extra calories I'm taking in. So the fact that it's only 15 calories bodes well for me and it'll be something I can take. And, and honestly, um, <clears throat> the main objective of it to relax because that's something that, uh, you know, uh, sometimes you're done training, you're be, you know, you're, you're tense. It's hard to shift gears after a shower and go, okay, now I'm going to put my head down on a pillow and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So I've always kind of, you know, uh, lean towards uh, drinking a beer, having a glass of wine, which... That's
0: more than 15 calories.
1: And uh, I've tried to find beers that I like that are... <laughs> and uh, regretfully... Uh, that's why I've looked the way I've looked. I'm relaxed, but, you know, you're right. Beers kind of add up quickly, and even wine does. I mean, really, I mean, I, when I was trying to articulate why I guess to have a glass of wine, my, one of the guys that work with nutrition that's helping Jen and stuff going by, he's like, look, man, it's still fruit juice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey. It's just alcoholic fruit juice. Who are you kidding, buddy? I'm like, hey. damn it, man.
0: <laughs> the nutritionist and Mrs. Mir are going to be so happy to see you come in with uh, a packet of Earth's Brew. Frank told you a delicious taste with only 15 Calories per drink packet, no sugar, and no artificial sweeteners. That is so key. You can learn more about Earth's Brew at Earth'sBrew.com. And this is the most important part, Frank. Right now, for phone booth fighting listeners only, you can get 10% off all orders by entering the promo code PhoneBooth at checkout. 10% off of whatever you order at Earth'sBrew.com just by entering the promo code PhoneBooth at checkout, and know that just like you guys listening, uh, the guys that started our, uh, Earth's Brew are loyal Phone Booth Fighting listeners, so they're just like you guys, and uh, they're jumping on board with uh, the podcast as one of our early sponsors. So uh, thank you to Earth's Brew for coming on, and thank you in advance to all of our listeners for going to earthsbrew.com, entering the promo code Phone Booth, saving 10% on your order, and supporting your favorite podcast, Phone Booth Fighting. And now, Frank, uh, we need to talk about the fact that this Friday, I've got plans. And they involve real mixed martial arts. You're going to be traveling, but uh, Real MMA, which is uh, the stellar Las Vegas amateur fight promotion... That uh, is owned by Real Water Impresario, Brent Jones, uh, another sponsor here on the show, Real Water. Get Real at DrinkRealWater.com. Real MMA is going to return this Friday night to Sam's Town Casino. I will be there watching the fights. We're actually going to do a little dry run of play-by-play because we're going to be streaming this thing uh, online. So uh, we're not really going live with it just yet. Uh, By the next event, we'll be able to point you guys to a place where you can see see it uh, online but in the meantime if you are going to be in the las vegas area this friday or you live in las vegas plan to be at sam's town casino for real mixed martial arts with me great card uh on the horizon i believe this is their 13th event i think it's real mma 13 and uh then frank and i'll both uh, be appearing at uh, their fight promotions henceforth but i will be there friday night I want everybody to come out and join me uh, when I got to Drysdale's today, one of the guys I saw on the mat, Dennis, Dennis was the guy who bested me at Naga, uh, a year ago and took the, uh, the gold medal in the, uh, the old timers division. So now I have a, uh, now I got a. I got an adversary to keep an eye on there in the room, you know.
1: Well, you know, someone to train with hard, and now you know that he's at a good competition. <clears throat> you have some uh, level to aim for.
0: That's true. Do you guys now have you ever been in a situation where you've been training with uh, somebody in your division? that you either had fought in the past or you knew, you know, maybe both you guys are kind of closely ranked and, you know, yeah,
1: it happens quite a bit. I mean, I was over there at Jackson's and, mm-hmm. you know, training with Travis Brown, training mm-hmm. with Andrea Lasky, uh, you know, and, and ended up. he uh, became a future opponent of mine. Right in the past, I've trained with you know Roy Nelson. You know, mm-hmm. the, uh, before and after we fought each other, and so, um, it, it is different. It's a little weird because I don't care what anybody tells me. Uh, maybe I'm just not that guy. Mm-hmm. I can't remove the fact that you're a potential opponent of mine. Yeah, do you know what I mean like like when I roll with Robert, you know, and Marcelo today? We're in a three man group going at it. You know. I'm training to get better, and you know, if they catch me, I catch them. It goes back and forth, whatever the case may be. There's not that kind of like. Well, let me not fully expose what I know mm. to get better. Mm-hmm. You kind of hold back a little bit. I feel, you know, and, and maybe other guys can do that, but I can't. Mm-hmm. I kind of had that in the back of my mind that. Mm, There may be a day you and I go against each other, so maybe I shouldn't just let all the cards out. Where I know with somebody like, you know, training with Robert, who's, you know, still 220 pounds, but he fights at 205. I know that we'll never face each other. Yeah. So I feel like if I'm in a, you know, compromising position, I can sit there and go, hey, I I really didn't know what to do here or... What you're doing here? I don't know how to defend. You know, can you help me with this? I don't mind laying out and my cards and being completely vulnerable, which helps you improve as a fighter. I think that uh, it's hard sometimes to to get better when you know that you're with your competition too.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't
1: know. I mean, are you really exposing yourself? Are you really, you know, opening up the chinks in your armor to try to improve upon? I, I don't know. I mean. You know, and and I think I might I'd have to think that I'm probably more commonly uh, people think more commonly like I do because there's a lot of camps that have you know uh, very publicly had fights with uh you know with with the UFC and Dana about you know teammates don't fight teammates yeah and um you know and I think that's why it's not that people don't have a hard time. I think that if you are cornered and it's time to fight, then you'll go at it, right? I don't think there's anything there. And I think that's the part that Dana's like, well, you know, you fight, it's for money. Yes. When it's time to go ahead and go and the lights go and it's, you know, the the whistle blows, that's not going to be the problem. The problem is I feel that it destroys the camp because if all of a sudden I walk in the room, I'm like, oh, you guys are all future potential enemies of mine Mm. trying to take money out of my pocket, trying to beat me. Well, then, you know, then there's that mouse game of like, all right, well, you know, the the fight then starts there. And I think that in a gym, I mean, that's one of the first things they say. You leave your ego at the door, right? Yeah. Very common expression in a gym. You know, hey, leave your ego at the door to improve. Well, how do you do that when it's potential opponents?
0: Mm -hmm. If you see, because we're in the room together. So, Frank, if you see me and Dennis going at it, and you look over there and I'm showing him a little too much of my tricks, just give me the knowing yeah, well, nod. Just give I'll me the, the RSS feed. Yeah, RSS feed.
1: RSS feed, yeah. man. Hey, stop what you're doing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Pull back on your RSS feed a little bit there. That's all right. That'll, that'll be our cue. All right. Uh, stellar weekend of fights here, guys. I know phone booth fighting listeners were, were probably all over that. Uh, the the marquee event of the weekend was uh, UFC Fight Night Phoenix. That was Sunday night. That featured the return of UFC Hall of Famer BJ Penn. And, Frank, the return did not go well. He was wow. TK'd, uh, TKO'd early in the second round by Yair Rodriguez, who collected a performance of the night uh, bonus for his finish. But, honestly, TKO'd very early in the second round, but I think BJ was... Uh, pretty much confused uh, midway through the first. I mean, it, it. I think he was rattled at the end of that first, and when he came off the stool, it was just kind of a matter of time until Yair was going to put him away.
1: Uh, just stylistically, look, you know. I didn't think kicks. Was, well, and I didn't think it was going to be a bad of a matchup as it turned out to be, because mm-hmm. if you look through BJ's record, he has a harder time with guys. That are able to put him down and, and be able to work from there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, BJ's always had a really good jab and a, and a very good right hand. He's knocked guys out with it, with the uppercut, with the straight right. His boxing has always been one of the stronger suits of his uh, his game. Obviously, his jiu-jitsu is, you know, probably the most dangerous element of it. But um, <clears throat> he's hard to take down, but BJ never had a really great shot. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of, you know, his shot was always probably. If I had to point at the weakest aspect of his game, I'm like, okay, well, his, his takedown, his yeah. shot. The ability to put other guys on the ground, not that great. And so, and this was really exposed. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 I was really exposed. Um, and then where I thought that his boxing would maybe be able to close the distance and be able to nullify the kicks he just wasn 't able to, I think he needed to come out a little bit more aggressive, maybe to close that distance to try to put hands on uh, Yair and sitting back in the pocket, he got caught with a couple of kicks he didn 't cross block you know and, and usually when a kick comes to the head, you want to bring you bring out your heel your palm your hand and you start to already kind of guide the shin into a forearm block, and you'll hear Thai guys call it pull blocking because it looks like basically both hands are on the same side of the kick and you're you're blocking. Or you could have pulled his head back and tried to slip. But but blocking the kicks with one hand, that works in practice when guys are wearing shin guards. Mm-hmm. And I've done it too. And, and I've actually, if I spar somebody and they throw a head kick and I block it with one arm, I'll actually not retaliate. I'll step back and go, hey, I blocked it wrong. Acknowledging that, well, if you basically didn't have shin guards on, that shin in my forearm is going to hurt really bad. Yeah, tibia breaks ulna mm-hmm. quite often, you know, mm-hmm. and so uh, the kicks kind of just blasted through, wrapped around, and um, you know, once he got stunned a couple times, he has a great chin, which probably allowed him to absorb more damage than most people would have th- th- they took. And uh, like you called it, man, going into the second round, I think he basically was just kind of befuddled realizing yeah. like i'm not closing the distance with my hands and then when he is getting in the clinch at some point i thought maybe just pulling guard probably would have been you know one of his better ideas to do at that moment and uh but you know he was trying to be more technical and get the takedown and it was just it wasn't there
0: uh bj was outstruck by yara rodriguez 56 to 7 and um never really uh had much of a chance to do any damage on him um you know a great win for Yera, especially on that stage because even though bj's been away for two and a half years um you know you, you it's you're hard pressed to come up with a, a a legendary name any bigger than than his and for yara to uh have that win now he went into the fight ranked number 10 in uh the featherweight division I don't know if it necessarily moves him up. I think it probably should maybe at least a tick or two because I think 10 may be a little low for this guy to be ranked in the featherweight division. Uh, so I think it's top 10, if not top 5, competition for Yara Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, until further notice. Now, what about BJ? you think it's time for an exit?
1: Well, you know what? <clears throat> I think BJ actually physically and and, and just his walk to the uh, the, the cage – looked pretty intense. You know, he looked Mm -hmm. alert. He's he's moved. He's trained for it.
0: Obviously in shape. I mean, he's cutting down to 145. He's not going the way that a lot of older fighters go, which is up, up, up. You
1: know, so I actually think that it was just, you know, that his game planning for the kicks and just what his strengths and style-wise – now, looking at it, just it wasn't the greatest fight that he probably could have been booked for his comeback fight after a two and a half year layoff. And so I think there's other featherweight fights out there. Somebody who doesn't throw the kicks and mobility distance and it would box with BJ. And, um, you know, I think would be a better matchup. So do I think he needs to hang it up? No, I don't necessarily think so. I think that he's showing all the right things he just got overwhelmed by a very talented guy that whose style just did not mix well with his so i'd like to see him fight somebody that you know unranked and and more or less you know taking a step down which you know don't be on the main event don't be a main card maybe yeah and you know do a fight pass fight you know and Mm -hmm. somebody that, that you could you know better uh get back into the groove
0: Joe Lozon wins a hard-fought split decision over leg lock specialist Marcin Held. Uh, two judges scored at 29-28 for Lozon. The third judge scored at all three rounds, 30-27 for Held. And Joe Lozon, Frank, wins the Honesty Award for the night. He The very first thing out of his mouth when he was announced, first of all, when they read the scorecards, he was already clapping his hands like he was clapping for uh, Marcin Held. He was expecting him to be announced the winner of that uh, split decision. And then when they announced uh, Lozon the winner, he had a surprised look on his face. They raised his hand, and very first thing out of his mouth, in the post-fight interview was, "I hundred percent disagree with that decision. Not my night. Held won this fight." And he even went a step further. He was asked about it by Megan Alevi in the post-fight interview uh, about, hey, you know, you, you were out there and you, you said that uh, you thought Held won the fight. And I guess she had talked to Held, and Held was concerned uh, behind the scenes that he might get cut, that this might be a fight that would uh, loss, it would end up cutting him. Joe Loz- She asked him if she thought that would be fair for Held to get cut. Lozon said not only would it be unfair for him to get cut – but Lozon would make a call personally to say that he thinks he lost that fight and Hell should be given another fight.
1: Yeah, talk about it. I mean, I, I like when fighters do that, though, because at least when he sits there and goes, I don't believe I lost that decision, mm-hmm. it holds more weight. Because if you You're have right. fighters, yep. yep. that constantly go... Uh,
0: always an excuse. Always an yeah. excuse, always
1: an excuse. Like, you know, to, to, I guess to, in my own personal experience, um, when I got caught by Mark Hunt, people were like, well, was the referee stoppage kind of soon? I said, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I was stunned. It got me right on the ear. Um, you know, I wasn't lights out. That's probably what you're seeing. I wasn't unconscious. Yeah. But in no way was I able to defend myself. Good call by the referee. Yeah. So that way, when I do say, hey, when I fought Josh Barnett and the referee stopped the fight, I looked at him like, what are you doing? Now it says, well, well, I said it in one instance, I agreed, mm-hmm. and the other, but if every time I get hit, I'm like, ah, no, it's bullshit. Yeah. Eventually, people are going to be like, well, you're always going to say that. So at least with Joe, I thought that was very admirable, just to be honest, sit there and go, well, no, I, I didn't win the fight. I don't agree with Joe. I think that actually he did win the fight. Um, reason being is that in the first round, I think he easily won the first round. He did more damage. He actually stunned and kind of hurt uh, Marcin. And then in the second and third round, the punches and strikes were kind of the same, if equal, of anything. And I think maybe Joe actually landed a little bit more of the definitive shots. Mm-hmm. And then when he was taking down, Marcin didn't do nothing with it. It's like, yeah, you shot a double, but he fought out of a really hard arm bar. Like The guy trying to win the fight and submit and finish and and do something with any kind of meaning actually came on Joe Lowe's onside. Mm -hmm. I seen Marcin trying to fight out of an arm bar. And so to me, it's like, okay, you could shoot and take me down. Who cares? I think we're starting to get to that world of uh, the sports. Like, look, it's not a takedown competition. You take me down, you got to do something with it. Yeah, And really, there was no ground and pound. There was no damage. And if anything... The submission attempts. So if you say who won the grappling, I'm like, well, those, you know, looking at it from a fight, not counting points. It's not a point fight. It's mm. not, it's just, that's not our sport. It isn't, well, two points for a takedown. It's like, okay, well, submissions and ground and pound. There's no points for that. But when people are landing shots or they're putting guys in submissions and they're panicking to get out and fighting out. I mean, the judges are, are going off of effective grappling. Yeah. And to me, uh, that arm bar, beats a double leg takedown it's like all right, you, you took him down but you didn't do nothing
0: so you're saying held uh, uh even though he had uh more control time and had you know takedown advantage five to one over Lozon. that it was a matter of well what was he doing with it
1: that's what i saw i mean yeah. i didn't really see marcin or held really do much mm-hmm. his ground and pound was was not very uh, uh De- devastating. Mm-hmm. I don't even think he really landed that many shots. He was very tied up and basically was defending himself from the top from Joe, who mm-hmm. actually in the that was it the second round that armbar attempt that he stuck him in.
0: I think it was the second, yeah. second or third. Mm -hmm. You know, uh,
1: Mm -hmm. um, Matt, he almost, it was close. I mean, uh, Held had to sit to his butt, was pulling out. He was in all kinds of trouble. And if you sit there and go, okay, what had more of an effect on the fight? The double leg takedown with no ground and pound Mm -hmm. or that arm bar? It's like, well, I mean, the arm bar, that was threatening almost a victory mm-hmm. you know it's equivalent of hitting someone and rocking them right i didn't knock you out but i did hurt you and that submission attempt was really close so i kind of agree with the judges i think it's close i don't think joe Lozon's happy about it's not his best yeah. performance obviously but uh you know that being said i, I think the judges were just looking at the same thing i'm looking at going all right you're landing takedowns but what else
0: mm-hmm. yeah and yet one judge gave all three rounds to, uh, held. So, so the judge and also I think anytime you go outside of Las Vegas, L.A., New York, in the States, there are certain States you can go to where the judging can get a little, uh, a little sketchy. I don't know if necessary. I'd have to go back and revisit different fight cards I've seen in Arizona. I don't know if I've ever necessarily had that, that thought about that state, but, um, what did you think about, you know, these rule changes went into effect. Some things like, um, uh, for example, you can no longer extend your fingers uh, with the with the jab or the rangefinder. You got to be making the fist. Uh, also, and this is a big one, that one hand on the mat no longer constitutes a downed opponent. If you don't have a knee on the mat, then you're going to have to have two hands. You can't, as Herb Dean says, you can't play the game where it's just you're putting your hand down all the time. I think that's a good rule.
1: No, I agree with it 100%. Mm-hmm. I think that the no putting out the fingers, it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of guys, I mean, if they reach for a plum, their hands are extended. Mm-hmm. Or they're parrying a punch, the hands are extended. You know, guys are trying to, you know, I, I, we saw the rules being put in effect just at the ACB, and, you know, I've seen guys still extending their hands, their fingers. You know, a guy would go throw a jab, and the other guy would kind of, paw out at it yeah. his fingers are still pointing so i don't know exactly what the definition of putting your hands forward and you know with the fingers and the eyes um, I, i'm glad we're trying to do something about it we'll just see how it implements itself through as the uh, time goes on
0: ben Saunders got a controversial decision win over court mcgee sergio pettis Clearly, uh, unanimously decisioned, John Moraga. Moraga took that fight on short notice. The original opponent was supposed to be uh, Juicy A. Formiga, and Pettis called out Formiga after the fight and said that uh, he was training for him. He thinks he's got ways to expose his weaknesses, and uh, he wants to go ahead and uh, get a make-good on that fight. The fight of the night was uh, Trent Cotney fighter, uh, Frankie Signs, uh, Trent's been sponsoring Frankie for a long time. Frankie uh, lost a split decision to Augusto Mendez. Uh, I wanted to ask you about this one, Frank, because this was in your heavyweight division. Alexi Olnick submitted Victor Pesta in the first round with the first Ezekiel choke in UFC history. Now, it may have been the first Ezekiel choke in UFC history, but it was Olenek's 10th win in MMA by Ezekiel choke. Now, the first thing I think of when I think of an Ezekiel choke is a gi. Yeah. I mean, that's something you see way more often in a gi. And, you know, this is an audio medium. So, uh, uh, fortunately, I've got an excuse for Frank not to demonstrate it on me. But, um, it was very interesting because he, uh, his opponent, Pesta, was uh in side control and Olnick's on his back and Olnick with his right arm, he, he puts his right arm behind the neck and then goes ahead and uh puts the right hand on the left bicep. Now he doesn't lock it in yet. He just kinda just kinda has it there. So so Pesta's not feeling any pressure or anything like that. Then he just allows Pesta to mount him, just gives him the mount, and as soon as he gives him the mount, he takes that left forearm and slides it under the chin and starts that Ezekiel choke, and Pesta is pounding him, shots to the ribs, and it looks like he's doing damage, and all of a sudden, his hand starts going limp, and he's about to go out, he, he He's able to stay awake enough to tap out, but then when he sits up after the fight's called in mount, he's got this blank stare looking at the referee, and the referee goes, you okay? And he goes, uh, uh, uh-huh. uh And the referee's like, just sit here for a minute. So he <laughs> fights over, but he sits in mount while they wait for him to, to clear the cobwebs. <laughs> it was one of the strangest endings to a fight I'd ever seen.
1: Yeah, the Ezekiel choke works... Can work with the gi on because you can put your thumb or your fingers inside the sleeve and you can apply pressure. Yeah, but uh, it's not always the easiest choke I think to get on guys that know jujitsu because yeah. all you have to really kind of do is manipulate the elbow. Mm-hmm. You know, I can break down the power of the technique, and I think that's uh, something that some of his future opponents are probably going to look to.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that, you know and what? I, I think th- they
1: just didn't have any respect for it. Y- yeah, so you know, as I'm, you know, I've. Anytime anybody's hit me with an Ezekiel, I just now, you know, pull down on the elbow and it just changes the direction of the choke and, you know, uh, works pretty good that
2: way. Yeah,
0: I think uh, Tyron Woodley brought up a similar point on the post-fight show, just that that it looked like Pesta didn't really know what was happening to him. You know, he thought, hey, I'm in mount, you know, I'm ground and pound, this is awesome, and, and, you know, got got caught by surprise. Yeah, because
1: even with a gion if someone mounts me and Mm -hmm. I go for an Ezekiel choke, uh, (laughs) it's probably not going to end up very well for me unless they completely don't know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, I mean, I would love it if I mounted somebody and they – reached up and really connected hard i'm like oh this will this armbar city buddy
0: <laughs> yeah it was an interesting finish nonetheless uh tony martin broke his cup against alex white that was interesting just because they uh they had a spare cup and uh he just dropped his drawers right there in the octagon the camera panned up so i think the people in the arena got an extra show <laughs> um but uh <laughs> So you wear a metal cup. Yeah, yeah. So, so you don't have to travel with a spare, I guess. Huh? Yeah, no, I wear. Yeah.
1: I actually, I, I carry spares of everything. Multiple yeah. mouthpieces, uh, you know, multiple shorts, and I, and I carry an extra cup. Just in case, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. can't have uh, you know malfunctions occurring or things get misplaced. Yeah. You wear a knee sleeve. I wear. I, I buy several pairs, mm-hmm. uh, but I never had a problem. Just because you know, ever since you know, training at early times, doing cross training in Muay Thai, they wear steel cups, and so I've always thought that was a good idea. And so, um, you know, yeah. Uh, well, I I started wearing a steel cup. In 2008, Mm -hmm. that's when I first, you know, it made sense to start doing so. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I think uh, I always say about you and I have had interesting cup conversations and I always say about cups, it's like coffee and boob jobs. You get what you pay for. You know, you can Mm -hmm. cut some corners, you can save some money, but you will taste it in the in the sense of coffee. You will definitely see it. In uh, terms of the boob job, and buddy, you will feel it if you got the cheap cup on. So, uh, do yourself a favor and uh, get you a good cup. Uh, in the uh, the feature bout on the fight pass card, Nina Ansaroff submits Jocelyn Jones Liebarger, becomes the first person to do it uh, to finish Jocelyn Jones Liebarger in the third round, and uh, Ansaroff. Uh, is on an upward trajectory in that strawweight division. She, of course, is the uh, girlfriend of Bantamweight champion Amanda Nunez. As you always see Nina in Amanda's corner. Walt, the big ticket Harris, KOs Chase Sherman in the second round. And it's interesting, Walt Harris's, uh reaction, because uh Daniel Cormier was doing color commentary, and Walt Harris knocked out Chase Sherman immediately, goes to Daniel Cormier uh, and lets him know that he he had heard his comments about his last fight where he said that you know it was lackluster he thought he could have done better and he wanted to specifically point that out on the broadcast and make sure that Daniel Cormier saw that uh, he he was uh, he was putting forth a a much more solid effort uh, Sunday night so anyway great night of fights uh, out of Phoenix we also need to point everybody Frank to our brand new website that has re-relaunched you know we re- we we launched us a website and it broke the RSS feed Don't get me started before I start having flashbacks like a Vietnam. I know how to
1: inspire you in your next grappling match. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? We need that. That guy there? Yeah. He wants to screw with RSS feed. (laughs) Oh, good one.
0: You know what? We need to. You know how, like, uh, some teams have all the secret codes to call out, like, uh, for moves and stuff? We need one that we call, like, breaking the RSS feed. You know, that's something you can call it.
1: Break the feed.
0: Break the feed. We need, like, a.
1: If you're doing something wrong, I can say that. Oh, if you're like, doing something wrong, RSS, RSS. Yeah, that is a good
0: that'll one.
1: That'll be my way of saying don't move that way. Yeah. <laughs> Stop what you're doing. <laughs> that is Back a good out. one.
0: Well, we've come up with a solution, and the solution is this PBFpodcast.com. Go give it a look. PBF is in phone booth fighting. PBFpodcast.com. That is uh where you're going to find our official phone booth fighting merchandise subscription links, no matter how you get the show. Different Different ways to link to it. Our social media is there as well. All of the Instagrams and Twitters and Facebooks, etc., and even our Amazon banner. And you know, if you click on that Amazon banner, click through that Amazon banner to do your shopping at Amazon.com. Uh, that is another great way to support the show at no additional cost to you. PBFPodcast.com. Our uh, our Canadian, our Irish Canadian listener, Dave Rooney. Davey uh, did a bang up job getting that thing ready for us, and we appreciate him and uh, all of his help. So, check it out, pbfpodcast.com. Now, uh, we got some big news announced here. Uh, I was so excited to see this uh, confirmed about halfway through the Phoenix broadcast. We got our next Ultimate Fighter coaches, Frank, and uh, it's for Ultimate Fighter Season 25, by the way. That is. Man, time has flown. 25 seasons about to be uh, for the Ultimate Fighter franchise. The coaches, Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw, and they will fight on a future date. We have that matchup made that you and I, we must have spent an hour just talking about all the... The possibilities and the ins and outs of that fight. How great is this going to be?
1: No, I, I'm really excited about this season. And
0: what was the other thing? You know what was the other thing you said to Justin Buckholz when we when we had him on? You said, I will be tuned in to all the embeddeds and all that kind of stuff because of all the behind-the-scenes drama. Now, they're going to do you one better. They're going to give you a whole season of it on The Ultimate Fighter. And
1: Uriah Faber and uh, Dwayne Legwood going back and forth. Oh,
0: it'll be the best. Constantly
1: in each other's presence.
0: This is going to be the best. I am so excited for this. You know, The Ultimate Fighter has, you know, had some lackluster seasons. And, you know, recently everybody's complained about that. But I will tell you, I think the last one with – uh, with Joe Benavidez and Henry Cejudo with the the championship shot with uh, uh, Demetrius uh, on the line was fantastic. It was great quality fights. I like the way they did all that. And uh, they were going to have to go away to uh, go aways to uh, match that or even exceed it. And I think this is about the only way you can do it. So I'm super excited that they made this fight. I'm glad you know they didn't go the route of given a I, I, I don't want the cruise rematch right away i didn't need to see garbrandt and aldo or any of those things that were being thrown out to me it was just so clear cut the fight we needed to see and uh looks like we're going to get it cody garbrandt and tj dillashaw uh also ufc 209 has uh, been solidified for both a main and a co-main event. That is going to take place right here in Las Vegas on Saturday, March 4th. The main event, speaking of anticipated fights, we wanted to see a rematch between Tyron Woodley and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson for the welterweight title. The first fight ended in that majority draw. We've debated it here on the show in terms of whether or not that was the right call. I don't know if you've heard this or not. Did you hear what the co-main is officially? No. Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a hot uh, fight card. And uh, uh, Mark Hunt is on uh, that card as well, fighting Alistair Overeem. So all of a sudden, uh, UFC 209 has turned pretty damn exciting.
1: I agree. I can't wait to see. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the featherweight title still an interim at the moment.
0: Yeah. Yes. But this is going to be for, uh, well, no. Jose Aldo has been declared the outright uh, featherweight champion, right?
1: So they took away the interim?
0: Well, the uh, the inter- no, they, they kept the interim tag. So Max Holloway is the interim champion. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, because he beat Anthony Pettis. They made Aldo, who was the interim champion, the straight-up, featherweight champion that's the switch. okay okay so those two they're gonna have to figure that out between two of them but this as i understand it is going to be for an interim lightweight title so connor i guess keeps the actual lightweight title oh yeah what am i thinking this is a lightweight not featherweight. it is but uh but Sorry, I mean, my it's brain a, was going no it's okay
1: it's a fair question because
0: because there's there's a lot one thing that's happened with this new ownership there's more interims coming up all of a sudden and things like that. I mean, they clearly
1: will. So, this is going to be for an interim lightweight.
0: Yeah, interim lightweight. While Connor has taken his, his maternity leave, uh, they are going to have a lightweight, an interim lightweight title fight between Khabib and Tony Ferguson. And then clearly the implication would be that the winner of that will fight a returning Connor McGregor. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm all about that one. All right, uh, be, before we talk a little bit about Invicta and uh, James McSweeney, UFC veteran is uh, going to join us here in just a little bit because James and Frank are doing something together over in Australia uh, in a week or so, and that's uh, going to be of particular interest for our Australian listeners. We'll get to all that, but I uh, I have asked you to package this story, Frank. I did not want you to reveal too much because I, I wanted to be able to react to it um uh candidly and I see that all the mere children have now gone to bed. So this is the boy, my girlfriend Jennifer and, and our dog Nala have also gone to bed over there on the uh <laughs> far side of the couch. Boy, everybody's asleep, but you and I, so this is the perfect time for you to tell me the story of what happened over the weekend at the Mere Kids Wrestling Tournament, because I heard some stories. First of all, let me just take you back a couple of weeks. Uh, The the internet broke when Frank's kids uh, turned up at a wrestling tournament. All three of them took uh, first place medals. Frank's uh, daughter, their oldest, Bella, who's 13, uh, became a viral sensation when she was uh, German suplexing a young man all over the mat on her way to a first-place finish, and everybody was uh, talking about that. In fact, we need to thank Shannon Knapp from uh, Invicta uh, Fighting Championship because she did a video podcast on UFC's Fight Pass as a preview show for the Invicta 21 card, and she specifically brought up Bella's wrestling match, and they showed the video as part of the video podcast. She was so... Impressed. You know what? And if you are an uh, up-and-coming female mixed martial artist, I'd say Shannon Knapp's a good person to impress. It might Absolutely. be, a, Might be a future employer. It might be somebody whose attention you want to get. Anyway, thanks to Shannon for doing that. But I heard... That uh, I heard there was a little bit of drama at the uh, the sophomore follow up to the uh, wrestling tournament. So tell me what happened
1: here. Well, uh, Bella uh, went out and had to compete against the same kid three times. Uh, the round robin.
0: Hold on, wait a minute. When you say the same kid, you're not talking about the kid from the video.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> same kid. He was very inspired <sighs> to win. The so kid
0: was- from the video. Turns so, up. Now, first of all, you know this kid has to be aware of what I'm sure he happened. Is. So uh he shows up at the wrestling match and there's the same girl that beat him the first time. How does he end up now you gotta help me with this the the the, the bracket concept and all this, how does he end up facing her three times? How because does this
1: work? they are they're uh, at a beginning level. Okay. Right. There's a premiere for people who've been wrestling for a while, and Bella and the group, all my kids and the group of kids in the morning are all, you know, first couple year wrestlers, you know. And so, because there's such sporadic of that young of an age, it's hard to fill up 16, you know. 32 kids in, yeah. in a tournament, so you might only have five show up, six show up in each mm-hmm. weight, you know, the relatively same weight classes. So what they do is they kind of group them in pools, so that way also, too, kids aren't just getting eliminated in the first go. That way they can get as many matches in as possible, and they round rob them.
0: Okay, when you say round robin, what does that term well, mean? Well,
1: like say if we have a, a group of f- four or five kids, mm-hmm. you'll go against A, and then the next match you'll go against B, then you'll go against the C guy, and, and vice versa, they're doing the same thing. They're picking it. It'd be like if we were all in the, basically how we train. We mm-hmm. all train together. Also, we do a match, okay, now switch, find a new partner. Okay. Whereas if I were to have a tournament style, let's say you lost your first match training, and mm-hmm. I tell you you don't get to train no more.
0: Yeah, okay. So okay. this
1: is the round robin system allows the kids to get more matches in.
0: I got it. But because uh they now we're, did that mean that the kid was going out and wrestling other people to get back
1: to Bella or No, uh in the tournament last weekend yeah. they all got to wrestle three different people okay there was four people in her her area i see uh this weekend past weekend uh he was the only one that showed up that was within weight of her okay so uh it was just the two of them and so they just wrestled three times <laughs> what does this guy
0: do now? Does he, should he start eating a lot and try to eat his way out of the weight well, bracket? no,
1: actually in each match got more and more competitive. Okay. Uh, they were getting really close down to the wire and, and, and I was actually very proud of Bella cause I told her that it would have been very easy to go ahead and win two matches mm-hmm. and that third match come back and kind of just put it into cruise control
2: mm-hmm.
1: because you already pretty much going to win the first place shot. He can't come back after yeah. two losses. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, uh, she still was able to push and be competitive and, and win the third match, too. And
0: he was determined to, to to try to beat her. So she's now beaten the same boy four times. Yes.
1: And then Cage actually had a couple different kids to wrestle with. And he, hey,
0: I, wait, I ask you something real quick before you move on. How awesome would it be if, like, you get up into high school and everything, and she ends up dating this kid?
1: <laughs> well, I guess we know who's going to wear the pants. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That'd be an awesome story. <laughs>
1: that is kind of a funny story. Uh, okay, so now Cage, Cage he's, goes he's out, your, middle, your Same middle. thing. I think uh, Cage did, is eleven. Did he pin all his matches? Or he won again.
0: He had three different opponents. Right, okay.
1: and he he went out there was very competitive again, and and, mm-hmm. and won. And then uh,
0: so far, not a lot of controversy. No, no, so not far, a controversy. not a lot of drama. So far, but then my the <laughs> run of the table for uh, for the Mirror family. But so my then, youngest
1: goes out there, okay, Rona. and uh, and it didn't. He just he kind of walked out there, and, and last week he had a fire under his ass. Yes. He went. And then also, this week, and yeah, he's seven. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't know what misconnection of communication that I said to him last weekend that I didn't say to him this weekend. So he goes out there and he just kind of like gingerly walks forward to shoot a double and then gets sprawled on and then just goes to his hands and knees and just gives up his back. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at him. I'm like, at that point, I go, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, the ginger double is rarely effective.
1: Yes, it did not work out too well. Very tentative, kind of. Looked like he was going in to hug somebody, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of turned his face to the side. I'm like, looking, and it, it's nothing. We've drilled all week. I see. Even when I, you know, I took the kids up with me to, to the ACB fights, mm-hmm. uh, we found a gym locally to go work out at, you know, so I'm, I'm taking time to even, you know, and we worked on a certain shot, and he was doing it and drilling it, and we're trying to, you know, he already likes, he just, he's falling in love with the head outside single, and so I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, well, we'll just, Let's reinforce it and make mm-hmm. it better and, and just improve that's already the route you're going and uh he never once took that shot. It was the only shot he ever takes in practice. He decides to shoot a double and just really piss poor, so he's sitting there and now he's just he's losing and and I became very animated
0: <laughs> animated, you say
1: yes, uh, and so I'm like looking at him I'm some like,
0: might you know, say angry,
1: yeah, I was angry. And I'm like, you know, basically, what what are you doing? Come Uh on, build back up. And I'm giving him instruction, but I'm yelling at him at the same time. Like, come on, like, you know, fire it up, man. Like, what are you doing? Wake up, wake up. I probably said wake up about 15 times screaming Mm -hmm. at him. So, uh, he starts crying during the match and now that's only making me more angry Uh, And so match ends, he goes over, he shakes hands, comes over, and he's just in tears now. He's choking back, bawling. And I am just furiously angry because, look, I'm okay with losing. You know, I mean, I hate losing, Mm. but I'm not okay with just not even trying. And Mm. he just seemed like he just dialed it in. And so then my wife and my daughter are looking at me like, how do you talk to him like that? Uh-oh. And at one point, I look over at my wife, and I'm like, this is my fucking world. I'm the boss here. <laughs> fucking don't you tell me shit.
2: <laughs> I, oh. was
1: <laughs> I was in fight mode. Sure. Not the time to talk to me. I'm not real, uh, you, know, uh, you know, when the switch is flipped, man, it's hard for me to... Uh, well, to this... rear it back in, and I was definitely in kill mode, you know. And so, uh so then I, I'm trying to get away, and I'm over at another table, and there's a match going on, and the kids, the the group of, they have just a bunch of little kid volunteers, you know, like you know middle school volunteers, and they're helping out, and they don't know what the hell they're doing. They're doing a piss poor job of doing it, and and I understand Is it like referees, or they're like they you know doing? the officials running the tables, okay, and they're like twelve and thirteen years yeah. old, you know, um and so. uh they're, they're not getting points right. And at one oh. point, one of the, the kids from Meadows is wrestling. I think it was Nassim. And uh, they're, they're, they're going, and he's uh, I think he's on top of the kid. And so finally, I've yelled and screamed enough that they have to tell the referee the time. No. That Usually what they do is that one of the people at the table, as it gets to like 10 seconds left in the period, will walk out onto the mat. Circle behind the referee, start counting in his ear, okay four, three, two, and then because the the kid that 's counting or the person can stare at the clock, the referee 's staring at the match yes. he can 't okay. look up at the match and look up and see the time right. and then when it goes to zero, you touch the referee mm-hmm. you know. If you don't have that extra person, they'll usually you'll see them wrap up a block, mm-hmm. you know, like a little rubber block they can throw at the ref. They'll have a towel with tape around it so they can chuck it at them. Mm. So some kind of physical acknowledgement. Okay, time.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, that wasn't being done. So finally, they go to do it, and the kid walks up behind the referee. It was like three seconds left, and he touches the referee. Three oh, seconds left. Yeah. So the referee blows the whistle. Stop. So they both stop. And then the other the coach on the other team goes, Hey, there's three seconds left. His kid shoots and scores points now because my kid stopped. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's bullshit. You can't the referee (laughs) stopped the fucking match. The referee's like, Well, I thought it was time, and the kid goes I just touched him. I'm like, you're not supposed to touch him and tell him what time it is. You touch him. And so then I finally, at one point, I look over the table, and mind you, it's a bunch of fucking middle school kids. (laughs) And I just loudly, the whole arena can hear me. I'm like, you are doing a horrible job. This is just ridiculous. And I didn't cuss. I didn't say nothing. But obviously. Oh, I yeah. Said, you wouldn't want to cross a line. I was no. angry. And so it was very evident that I was upset. And I, I can only imagine what these poor kids staring up <laughs> at me were thinking that they're and most people, they're aware of who I am. And so, uh, you know having Frank Mir staring at you like you are doing a horrible job. Everybody got silent. Even the coach on the side goes, hey, look, I realize that the points blew the whistle. Don't count the points. (laughs) My assistant, my my, the other head coach, uh, Pat Ramsey, he's hiding behind me. (laughs) He's like, I don't want to be here. What are you doing? I I thought you were calm and cool. I'm like, I normally am. This is is not not my best day. Oh
3: boy, Frank.
1: Yeah, so then I finally, the wife, you know, pulls me to the side. Oh. Britta was thankfully you there. Don't to help say. Me. Yeah. She,
0: she took control of the yeah, situation. Yeah. She, she's like, look, Frank, yeah. you
1: know, you and Kate, you know, Ronan are very attached. Yeah. You know, you were so animated with your disgust on how he was performing. He looks up and now it's all he can focus on. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? You're right. You know, I was, I was very upset with his lack of fire and, um, and it was very evident and you could read it in me. I wouldn't have done that probably if I was, you know, coaching. And, and and other kids had made that same mistake and they didn't get that same wrath of God that that my son got. And so the next two matches, I actually bounced back. And even Ronan, he, he went 0-3 that day. He lost every single match, hmm. was crying in every single match. But to his credit, he still showed up and went out there. And he actually gave it more of an effort. The second and third one, just the kids were also very good. Yeah. And, and uh he... He still was just so kind of beat up over the first one yeah. that uh, I'm glad he didn't quit. He went out there. And even when he was not doing well the second, third, I'm like, all right, you know, here. And I, and I was able to hide my, uh, my emotions better.
0: Now, what about the so kids? It was a learning curve for me, too. I mean, I, yeah.
1: coaching your kids is not the easiest thing. And yeah. you
0: know? what about the kids at the scoring table? Did, were they inspired? Did they do a better job in the second the, half? of the-
1: Everything started kind of picking up and improving.
0: Did anybody, like, call their mom? And, no. And like, uh,
1: it's it funny because I sat there and I was like, man, should so I go over there and, like, kind of man. apologize, this and that? And then actually a couple other, other coaches were like, no, you called what it was. I mean, if you're going to volunteer and do a bad job and people will say, hey, you're doing a shit,' you know, you didn't cuss. Yeah. You didn't scream. You didn't, like – you know, it wasn't like you had veins popping out of your head. You just looked over and said – you suck, you know? Uh-huh. It's like, you know, you're doing a horrible job, you know?
0: This really makes me want to attend the next tournament. <laughs> when is there another tournament? Uh,
1: I think I actually won't be in town. It'll be uh, the weekend I'm in Australia. No, oh. but uh, That's a big that,
0: relief for the scoring table.
1: Uh, you know what, though? <laughs> Normally everybody has their stuff together, and it's funny because yeah. you'll go out there and you'll see – you know at this level there's like referees that are 10 years old out there refing and mm. and actually the refs know what they're doing you know mm-hmm. the, the young kids that actually understand the sport and you know uh it was just the scoring table trying to mark time and you know it just was just a little off you know and uh you know a lot of those kids is first time ever doing it, you mm-hmm. know. And but I mean, it's not helping my athlete out that's out there competing. Right. I understand, you know, hey, I get it, it's your first time, you're making mistakes, but my athlete's suffering because of your mistakes. I'm gonna get angry.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, so it goes. The phone booth fighting listeners are getting to follow the the saga yes. of uh, the mere kids' uh, wrestling <laughs> well, careers. Well, from you called it that at night. You like and you called it because I posted yeah.
1: the picture of the team. Oh and, yes, you know yes, we had yes. a couple first places, second places, third places, and uh, Ronan obviously. Well, that was the only last kind of. The wife and I had gotten back together again as far as. Oh, well, you got back together. Yeah, getting, we had divorced had there for about a good a five minute, minutes. Huh? <laughs> Our relationship was over with. I was like, you are making pussies out of my kids. <laughs> so, uh, so, so then at the very, the, 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 the coup de grace that actually almost like did me in though at the end was, that, you know, they go, you know, Cage and Ronan, or Bella, got their uh, first place ribbons. Yeah. And, you know, Ryan got second place. I think Nassim got third. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had a couple of kids, you know, placing and doing well. And then, uh, you know, Mrs. Mayor goes, well, you know, Ronan, did he give a ribbon? I'm all... There was four kids in his class. He lost all four matches. There's Mm -hmm. first, second, third. He got fourth. There's no ribbon for fourth place. You know, that was, and it's like, well, you know, wait a minute, you know, all American goes to eighth. you know, naming off big tournaments. And I'm like, there's no ribbon for fourth place. You can't get a ribbon for losing, you know? And so they go and investigate and find out there is indeed a ribbon for fourth (laughs) place. (laughs) And they walk over and they give it to my son. Uh So he has it. So, I don't agree with that. It pissed me off. So, But I realized that the wife and I have already had enough turmoil.
0: You you didn't want to file a formal complaint at that point?
1: So I went ahead and just turned around, and uh, I was very upset. But then (laughs) there was the light at the end of the tunnel. My son goes, eh, he didn't want it. He threw it down. I was never happier with him all day long. I sat there. and goes. That's right. You don't be happy with the participation. Well,
0: award. if you if you look on Frank's Instagram uh, at the Frank Mirror, and yeah, this was the tip off for me. There's a, 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 there's a group photo of the team. And there's two smiling mirror children that are holding their medals up. And then there's one little one that just has a look on his face. He didn't want to be in the picture. Yeah,
2: he clearly didn't want to be in the picture. And that made
1: me happy because it pissed him off. So then we went to practice the next time. He had a fire under his ass. So, you know, and that's what it takes. I mean, look, everybody... I don't care what walk of life you're in, you yeah. have days where you screw up and you don't show up. Yeah. But the difference between somebody who's gonna be successful and somebody who's gonna is doomed to be a failure mm-hmm. is how you deal with that disappointment. Does it piss you off? Are you unhappy with yourself? Yes. Yeah. Well guess what? That's the start. That's the first start to change. Because if you're content with inadequacy, if you're content with failure, how am I ever going to convince you to get better? It's like, well, yeah, yeah it was good enough. I'm like, yeah. really? That's good enough? Yeah. Well, guess what? Then you're going to have a good enough life.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, you're, you're creating quite a narrative over there, Frank. And uh, have there been any, uh, like, PTA meetings yet? Or is it, have you heard any rumors? Any? No, actually, all the
1: parents are happy with me. In okay, fact, good. actually, I've had a... The uh, one of the athletic uh, uh, directors was there, witnessing and watching, and and again, I had no cuss words, and you know, and I'm, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. it's, you know, uh, I'm aggressive, loud, you know, come mm-hmm. on, you know, do this, do this, and I was told that that's actually appreciated, that you know, having passion or showing that you care is mm-hmm. actually a good quality, instead of being like, all right, well, you know, you just lost that, all right, well, hey, well, we'll try better next time, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's a good quality to. To try to put in the children to be like, look, you know, yeah. you have to care.
0: Cage, cage, come 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 here uh-huh. for a second.
1: Yeah, cage is pointing.
0: Yeah, cage just cage just me. got out of bed, and uh, uh, you know, I don't know if you knew, heard cage, but we were talking about the wrestling tournament. Congratulations on your your first place medal. Thank you. Yeah. Now, uh, dad here was just telling us about all the drama that unfolded. Oh, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, what, tell me, uh, what the, the kids on the team, what's their, their general perception of, uh, of dad coaching the team so far? What's the, what's the team vibe like?
4: Um, I don't know. Mm. You,
0: you hadn't really, hadn't really talked about it too much? Are they afraid to talk?
4: I, I I think (laughs) they feel more confident with, uh, my dad coaching. Yeah. Because he's done it before.
0: Yeah. He inspires confidence. Yes. Uh, what about the, uh, what about the officiating? I heard there was some concern, uh, over the, the performance at the scorer's table. and Dad had to express his frustration at that.
4: Oh, um, well, the match was over with, mm-hmm. uh, Ronan's, uh, yes. fight. The round was over and they added two points to the board. So my mom thought that they just gave the, um, the opponent free points but actually they got back points and mm-hmm. the other coach like said like talk to the um scoreboard announcers, yeah. and they fixed it so and they
0: straightened it out. All right. Okay. Well you don't sound too traumatized. You sound like you're you're all right. Yeah. It was good good meat. All right. And now we're all ready for the next one.
1: He's asking about how Ronan was crying when I was yelling.
0: Yeah.
4: Well Yeah. Um that,
0: that wasn't it, good. No. Yeah, has he? Has he? Has he spoken since uh, Ronan? Is he? Uh,
4: yeah, he. He talks about it. He <laughs> does he? <laughs> yeah. Well, not so much about the crying after, but he's right, He's like, probably blocked that out. Um, at uh, the dinner table uh, the day before yesterday, he was like, I suck. I lost every match. And we're like trying oh. to encourage him that yes. he did pretty good because it was people who's done it longer than mm-hmm. him. But he just kept going on and on about he sucked no. and stuff like this. And we're like, but you're really good. And you
0: got to gotta point out to him that he kept showing up too. That's it's okay what,
4: to realize
1: you suck.
0: not exactly the message i was trying to deliver frank but i uh, mean
1: hey look you know uh, something i hate about things is when people have an abundance of confidence without a reason for having it you know it's kind of a problem sometimes i think we have here in the u.s now
0: i made a living on that
1: philosophy Uh, you know so i think that there's there's nothing wrong with being disappointed angry at yourself as long as you do something with it. And yeah. he's showing up to practice though he's not quitting. So I'm happy. I think that's a good balance.
0: Now, Cage, are you being a, a good big brother? Are you trying to help yeah. him uh, train like, and stuff?
4: Today um, I was uh, trying to show him what he did wrong mm-hmm. because he kept on looking at my dad when he was trying to give instructions. Yeah, that's the first thing. You don't want to look so I was dad like, in the eye. just try to yeah. listen when you're doing uh, while you're wrestling because yeah. if you look away for like one second you could easily be taken down
0: okay all right well thanks for giving us that perspective you like doing the podcast huh yeah okay all right well you're 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 welcome on as a regular
1: he did he was asking about being on there you
0: know? uh, he's he's he brings something to the show
1: He was walking by i was like <laughs> yeah
0: no it's okay he, he takes after you because he's always got a good uh perspective on things so thank you for sharing that cage all right nice to have you on all right. All right. Well, more. stay tuned. Uh, more uh, on the, uh, the Frank Mir coached Meadows wrestling team. I'm sure that won't be the last time that uh, headlines are made for one reason or another. Uh, if you will take a moment and go to iTunes. Uh, Click on or search Phone Booth Fighting, click on the five-star review that helps us uh, immensely. And if you have an extra moment or two, maybe write us a uh, favorable review. We like to read those on the air. Uh, Like uh, myself1994 did, Frank, Uh, this review, the best growing podcast, period, Uh, They write, I learned about Frank Mir's podcast as a listener of The Fighter and the Kid when Frank appeared to discuss his USADA testing. Being that he was, in fact, my favorite fighter of all time and the main inspiration into my MMA career, I was not only excited but thoroughly impressed when I tuned in. Out of Joe Rogan's Chael "You're Welcome, The Fighter and the Kid, and Ariel Hawani's The MMA Hour, this has quickly become... My favorite podcast, well, that's certainly an honor, that I look forward to and keep up with weekly. The dynamic between macho man Frank Savage Mir and the hilarious yet clever Richard Hunter, that's me, is just in a league of its own. Both members have great articulation and humor that can suit any audience. Who knew these two atheists and one liberal, Frank is more libertarian, that their political views were going to capture a Christian Republican like myself. Thank you both for your great service to us listeners. I will continue to support Phone Booth Fighting every way I can. That's awesome. Remember to subscribe, listen, and enjoy everyone. Man, that guy went all out. And uh you know what? That's I, I, I appreciate the Christian Republican and all those kind words, but honestly, like sometimes that's my favorite compliment to get. We talked about that before, but um uh, I just think that, you know, it's easy when somebody says, Oh, I agree with everything you ever say. Yeah. So I listen. But it's always nice to hear when somebody is like, You know what? I'm, I'm actually philosophically totally opposed, but I like the discourse. That's why I well, listen.
1: Well, I think that anytime someone disagrees with what you think, But they respect you? That says a lot. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a huge compliment. I mean, if someone agrees with everything you said, they respect you. I mean, it's still good, but it's like, well, of course. Yeah. But you're like, hey, I'm on the other side of the fence, but hey, Mutual respect. You come from your direction. I come from my direction. And I think if more people actually lived that way, we wouldn't have some of the problems that we have where it's like, look, I don't have to agree with you. As long as I'm not harming you, I can think my way. And you don't have to agree with me as long as you're not doing nothing to hurt me. You can think your way. And you know we could just all get along, right? I mean, agree to disagree?
0: Completely agree. Why don't you read us uh, a couple more there? Okay.
1: Am I at uh, Montel 4?
0: Yes, Montel 4. What does all Montel right. 4 have to say? This has
1: instantly become my new favorite podcast podcast i love mere straight shooting analysis analysis and opinions he does a good job of articulating his vast knowledge of the sport he's usually spot on to be sure but Mir and company do a great job of giving you the facts and their opinion without showing a specific opinion shoving a specific opinion down your throat looking forward to listening to and from work
0: nice give us one more
1: i like that one because it's no, true because we- i think you and i both sit there and uh that's something that I pride myself on. I hate people that don't think they're wrong. Yeah. That really bugs me. It's like, really? You're not wrong about yeah. anything? You know, you- like... Yeah. That, that kind of grinds me a little bit. It's like, look, I'll say something. I mean, you and I in our relationship have already, I've like, oh, I think this. And you're like, well, what about that? And I'm like, well, shit, I don't know if I think that anymore. Yeah, You're right. Hold on. That is a different outlook that I never thought of before. Yeah. Some people grow. Okay, next one here. They're nice and short. By uh, the Redneck Zombie 86. That's a cool one. <laughs> one of the best podcasts that I listen to. Highly recommend to any, of my, any uh, fan of MMA and anything funny.
0: All right. Thanks, Redneck Zombie 86. And uh, if uh, you would like to do us uh, the same favor that those cats did, then uh, go to our uh, iTunes, search phone booth fighting, and click on the five stars and write us a favorable review. We really appreciate it. Frank and I like to share those on the air. We mentioned the Invicta Fight Card uh, a little while ago. And uh, Invicta 21 went down Saturday night exclusively on UFC's Fight Pass. This card, Frank, was. uh, it seems like it's uh, unanimous that it was maybe the best card that Invicta had ever put on, if not uh, one of the best. Main event was a featherweight attraction. Uh, Charmaine Tweet, who had fought uh, Cyborg Justino for the Invicta featherweight title before and lost. I was actually at that fight live in uh, L.A. uh, a year or so ago. Um, She was taking on the Australian Megan Anderson. And these were two, uh, legit six feet tall women, very long, very rangy fighting at the 145 pound, uh, weight, la- uh, class. And they were fighting for Invicta's interim featherweight title because that title is still held by Cyborg Justino, but she has now been flagged by USADA. And of course she's fighting in the UFC at the same time. So we don't really know. Shannon was telling us uh, last week, Shannon Knapp, that, um, I don't really know what's going on with uh, Cyborg right now. So while they try to <clears throat> straighten all that out, they made this an interim title fight. And uh, Megan Anderson not only looked incredible uh, in, in uh, victory, but immediately afterward called out the winner of Holly Holm and Jermaine Durandamy, which is that uh, upcoming inaugural UFC featherweight title fight thoughts on maybe having the Invicta interim champion jump right to the UFC because that featherweight weight class is going to be pretty shallow to start off with in the UFC I think
1: I think it makes sense uh, you know I think invicta is doing great things for the uh, the female side of our sport I think it's you know pretty much one of the premier uh, uh, all-girl shows. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but, you know, coming over to the UFC, obviously, some of the girls, uh, you know, want to compete at the level of exposure the UFC still has over, you know, Invicta. So, you know, stacking the weight class more and more. I mean, that's always been a complaint uh, when I first heard about, you know, when we first talked about the girls' Uh, fighting was that there was there enough to fill up weight classes mm-hmm. and now we've answered that that you know now we have several weight classes and uh you know this would be the third weight class the featherweight class being added to the uh ufc for the uh the women and uh you know now i'm just looking for them to add the featherweight class which i think would be the most stacked class of all mm-hmm. you got to think that that's kind of the equivalent of 170 for the guys you know
0: that which weight class would featherweight 125 oh, yeah. no uh, uh uh or no what's that uh sorry um fly, flyweight, 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 yes. Flyweight. The 25 yeah.
1: flyweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think flyweight's the only weight class we really need to add.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure the UFC's gonna uh look at doing that as well uh, at some point. Now uh in the co main events, uh Robert Drysdale uh product, Raquel Palui, uh defeated Pansy uh Kianzad Kianzad uh, via rear naked choke submission in the first round, so a big win from uh, uh, one of the ladies that we see in the room there at Dresd. Yeah, a very Jiu-Jitsu. devastating, yeah.
1: dominant fight. I mean, from on its feet to the ground. I mean, she was winning the fight the whole time until the rear naked choke. It was a a very much of a walk through.
0: Feature bout uh, Leah Letson landed a devastating uh, head kick. KO followed by a barrage of punches that finished off UFC vet Elizabeth Phillips uh, one minute, 18 seconds into the first round. Definitely worth your time to go back and watch this fight card on uh, UFC Fight Pass on the replay. You know, Shannon Knapp was telling us it was one of the more difficult cards to put together. They were dealing with some injuries and stuff like that, but sometimes those end up uh, making the best uh, fight cards. And that is uh, the case with Invicta 21. Now, Amanda Nunez, if you might have seen this headline, she was also calling out uh, the winner of Holly Holm and uh, Jermaine Durandamy, I guess uh, aspiring to become what what would now be only the fourth UFC fighter and the first ever woman to win championships in two divisions that's couture Penn, and of course now conor mcgregor but um i would say that amanda nunez has a date with the winner of uh of pina shevchenko which is going to be at ufc 208 so she's probably got to fight a bantamweight title fight uh with one of those two before she can start thinking about moving up to featherweight
1: yeah, she's as dominated in that fight as she's been in her last two. Then I think making that call out to go ahead and move up a weight class and uh, you know challenge for that featherweight title would be uh, super interesting and only add to her popularity. That you know you would think is only going to be growing after such a win over pretty much the number one popular female fighter in the in the world over uh, you know uh, uh, Rousey.
0: Let's read uh, <clears throat> a couple of uh, iTunes reviews here to close out, if uh, you want to, Frank.
1: Well, before we go, though, Invicta of 22, the Avenger versus uh, Kunisaka, Kunisakea. Yes. I'm super interested in seeing that rematch just because uh, – of what happened in the first one.
0: Well, that's some news that we broke. Uh, Shannon Knapp actually revealed it here first yep. on Phone Booth Fighting that the uh, the rematch between uh, Invicta Bantamweight champion Tanya Evinger and challenger Yana Kunitskaya is uh, now set for um, uh, March 25th in Kansas City at yeah, we can Invicta make a trip 22. to
1: that one. Hey, I'd be down for that. Yeah, we'll see if we go out there if uh – that work out because I've never seen an all-female card.
0: Yeah, no, and Invicta puts on a great show. I've been to one. I've actually been to two. And uh, really enjoy you know the the production of them, and uh, Shannon does a great job uh, putting on those uh, uh, those fight cards. So yeah, I think that uh, and that'd be a great one to uh, to go see. So maybe we can uh, arrange that amongst our uh, ever growing travel schedule. We have uh, we have a lot of geography to cover. You and me uh, to grow this uh, podcast thing. Frank, joining us on the phone booth fighting guest line right now is uh, a friend of yours, a familiar face to me, former UFC fighter, turned promoter, James McSweeney. James, good to talk to you, man. How
3: are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having us on the show, guys. It's a it's a pleasure. Yeah,
0: thanks for coming on with us, Uh, Frank. And I do this little podcast a couple of times a week. Let's start there uh, for UFC fans who are familiar with with watching you fight. uh, You know, when did you put on the promoter's hat, and uh, uh, when's the next event coming up? I know Frank's involved in
3: that. Yeah, well, my but it's, it's my first event uh, foremost and I just recently moved to Australia like six months ago. So um, I had to medically retire from fighting and competing which was a little bit of a strain and struggle for me. Um, so I really was looking for another avenue and with my gyms as well it kind of complemented what I was looking to do and when I really broke down what I was trying to move on to do. I was thinking about well I really want to give back to the sport. I really want to it's provided my family and myself such a beautiful life and um, such many amazing experiences. You know, what can I do to give back? And, and then uh, I was reading all these articles and messages and uh, emails and people talking about other promotions and this and that. And I keep seeing it on social media platforms. And I think, well, they have, everyone complains about these uh, these promotions and at so many different levels. And I thought, well, you know what? I wonder if I can create something that um, I can take the good and the bad from, all the experience I've had over the years, and try and create something good out of all of it, and uh, and that's what I'm trying to do. So we created a legend MMA.
0: So Frank, you're uh, headed over to Australia for this event, right? What are you doing? I
1: am uh, about about probably about six weeks ago. James gave me a call, asked if I'd be interested in uh, calling the fights out there, and I said absolutely. So uh, you know, we set up a couple seminars. I'm gonna go out there for a couple days and and be able to go watch the fights and and help uh, you know James put on a promotion. And I was happy that he was doing it because. You know, you have a lot of promotions that get put on by guys that never fought. Right. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. think they take care of the fighters the same way. They're, you know, how could they? They don't know what the guy's going through. And I mean, yeah. James has had a ton of Muay Thai fights. You know, a ton of MMA fights. The guys fought in all kinds of, uh, you know, he has all kinds of hellacious stories of mistreatment and some pretty just. Uh, crazy spots and so yeah. i think that if anybody has any sympathy or understanding that the fighters and taking care of them it'd be a former fighter and one with such a, a wide range of experience that that uh, james has and so i was very happy to be a part of it and see what i can do to help it out and and push it up to where uh you know it can be the uh, type of show i know it can be
0: now james tell us uh what you know what the fight promotion is called and the the date give it give us all those details and then is there going to be a way that that fans who aren't able to attend live can uh watch it online or
3: no Yes, we've got, um, well, first of all, the fight show is called Legend, uh, Legend MMA. So um, we created it for just pretty much as as what Frank just said about trying to look, I mean, every every fight show out there always says, oh, it's about the fighters, it's about the fighters, it's about the fighters. But to be honest with you, when it comes down to it, they really lose sight of that. I think they start off in that respect, that Mm -hmm. it's about the fighters. But then what happens is the promoter starts thinking about money. Of course, he needs money to survive, he needs money to do it as a business he doesn't have that initial fighter's passion. He doesn't have a passion for the sport. He has a passion for finance. He has a passion for being a successful businessman. Yeah. And in my side of it, my passion, and I, all fighters, we've been getting this for money at the time. I mean, we did, we probably would have been boxers, I guess. <laughs> we just got into it when we were kids, and um, you know, a, a passion or a hobby turned into a career. And, and that's where my path has continued to go. So for me, looking after fighters is... Uh, right up there at the top i mean fans must come second it's a very close second but they must come second fighters must always come first same as any business if you look after your employees and they're happy you're going to have a successful business you beat 90 percent of your problems but i think that's what other promotions fall short with ours um and i'm just trying to do the very best i can to make sure fighters are up there and foremost also i've been a little bit Selfish in the fact of I've created fights that I would personally want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and being an experienced fighter, therefore, maybe I can give a different outlook or a different perspective of what what I think makes an exciting fight. And I can probably make fights that the same as Frank would make. Um, you know, you've got a lot of experience there. So you think, I know this guy is a very good in this avenue, and this fighter is very good in this avenue. I think this is what I believe to makes an exciting fight. You know, where sometimes you see a fight with two great big names... And the fight doesn't live up to the expectation and actually is like a bit of a dud fight. Um, yeah, they're two great big names, but in in the same realm. It doesn't always make it exciting. So um, that's what I've tried to do. I've tried to be the owner of the company and the matchmaker um, and try to present exciting fights. Um, the show is January 28th over in Australia in the Gold Coast. Where I picked uh, Jupiter's Casino, which is the biggest five-star resort here in the Gold Coast, mm. and we have a, a television deal with Foxtel, with Fox Sports, and around the world, people can watch it on streaming on uh, on the app, you know, Fight TV, F-I-T-E, oh, yes. Fight TV, Okay. Um, so anyone, anyone who downloads that app, and I think it's going to be $12.99, can pay for it, pay-per-view around the world, anywhere they go, so um, we've got some exciting fights, so I'm hoping everyone's going to tune in and watch my first show.
0: Well, I know we've got, uh, a lot of listeners in Australia. Uh, the numbers, uh, the download numbers tell us that, uh, Australia is one of our biggest international markets on phone booth fighting. And I ship a lot of uh, phone booth fighting t-shirts to Australia. So I, I know we got customers over there. So uh, may our customers be oh, your customers. You. Yeah, I'm sure this will be uh, good news oh, for thank them. You. Yeah. Now tell, uh, uh, tell everybody maybe a little bit about uh, about the fight card, what, uh, what types of fights you've, you've, you've got on them and you know weight classes, maybe a couple of uh, uh, the, the hotter fighters we might want to look out for.
3: Yeah, well, this was the thing when I made this fight card. Um, it was very hard for me because I, I, I just tried to look at the demographic of Australia, and unfortunately, because we're the other side of the world, every time a good Australian fighter wants to fight, they have to go international. Mm. It's very rare for these local promotions to bring international fighters here. A because it's very expensive. Um, B because um, they just To be honest with you, they, they're more interested in putting on like interstate. Like Queensland versus Victoria and stuff like that because there's, there's huge rivalry in those areas. I see. So for me, I was really trying to bring something like when I saw the UFC come to Melbourne and put on such a big show uh, it just really blew um, MMA off across the board. So for me, I tried to make these matches happen. We've got four UFC veterans on the card. Uh, we've got um, Stephen Kennedy, who is a UFC veteran, Vic Grudge. We, we we brought in um, international athletes as well from South Africa, the South Africa number one, Dirkus Dupree is on the show, Luke Jumo from New Zealand. He's New Zealand, the number one. There's the female fight card. We have um, Arlene Blanco versus Janae Harding. Arlene was on Bellator. Mm. She's a veteran for Bellator. So we've really tried to mix up the card, and what I've tried to do is create, well, of course, we have UFC here. That's in a massive, huge event. And to be honest with you, no one can beat them. And if you're trying to be in competition with them, you're way behind the schedule. You're not going to catch up with them. They created the path that we're all walking on. And you have to respect that. Yeah. What I'm trying to do is build an avenue for my fighters where I can prepare these fighters with a good platform. So when they get to the big show, they've already had experience of fighting in front of... Big crowds on live television being treated professionally, so they don't have those uh, new beginners or jitters that they call it UFC jitters when they get to the big show. And that's what I'm trying to build. I'm just trying to build a steady platform where these fighters can come and have exciting fights and, and move on to the bigger shows.
0: Well, and you got the best—you uh, got the best color analyst in the business. My partner Frank Meir here,
1: <laughs> and also, I mean, uh, on very well. a selfish note—I'm going out there too, so that way I can. Uh, James, I got to train with him for a fight, but then he took off, was in Thailand for a while. Yeah. So I know that the week I'm out there, I'm actually looking forward to working on knees, the clinch. I mean, his, uh, his stand-up expertise for both kickboxing matches and to apply to MMA is, is really super high level.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Now, 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 uh, James, you don't have Anthony Njikawani on the card, do you? Because Frank has a hard time <laughs> saying the name.
3: <laughs> we done no we don't cards. I have an, uh, I have an <laughs> I Anthony Johns I have an Anthony Johns the Angry Panda on the card okay. so uh, that should be a bit easier but yeah, yeah no he's not but uh, I mean to have someone like Frank who's uh, is, is in, uh, such an, uh, a legend in the sport and has done so much but also with Frank is that he's super intelligent regarding to the sport and as a person in general he can articulate himself you know not just on your show or in commentary but he can he can keep the most educated MMA fan alive with his commentary, and he can also educate the everyday person that's getting new into the sport. And that's what I'm trying to That's what I'm looking to do. Mm -hmm. That's what I really want. And accompanied with Frank, I have Sam Greco, the K1 champion of Australia, and a personal friend of mine, also commentating with Frank side by side. And between the two of them, the amount of experience they have, they see the fight in a completely different light than most. And they can give a different insider look you know, on how the fight is taking place and how that win was taken place, how that guy lost that fight, what made him get that submission, what made him get that knockout win and educate the fans. And that's what I think the commentary box really is about. So having those two a part of, of the legend team was just essential for me.
0: With all that experience uh, that you had, James, as a fighter, and, and you were talking earlier about you know wanting to be the, the fighter-turned-promoter who, who really uh, looked out uh, for fighters because you knew what they would need. Was there something in all your years of fighting that you found yourself, you always had that recurring thought of, man, if I ever ran a fight promotion, this particular thing is something that, that I would do differently? Any thought like that come to mind?
3: Well, I just think it's making the fighter feel valuable. I mean, when I fought for shows, that you felt like you was you was appreciated. Mm. Like, uh, you know, when you when you when you travelled ten to twelve hours across the other side of the world to go and fight there, that they put you in a nice hotel, they picked you up from the airport, there was somebody there waiting. There was never these. There was nothing nothing worse than travel. I remember when I flew all the way to Manila from from uh, Las Vegas. It was like thirty odd hours, and when I got there there was somebody there waiting for me with a, with a board to walk me straight to my car and, and put me in a nice air-conditioned car and travel me to the air. And everything was just effortless and seamless. And, you know, it just makes you feel appreciated, you know, and you had your things organized. There was no, you had your schedules. And that was one thing that I thought to myself when I started my own show is that, you know what, I'm going to make the fighters feel appreciated. I'm going to look after them. I'm going to make sure they pick up in in nice cars when they land from the airport and make sure they put in in the hotel and looked after everything their schedules are set for them and and, and it's done properly and that's really what I think most fighters want but I mean most fighters we're a little bit egotistical right we all like a little bit of ego Hmm. we all want to be like we all think maybe we're a little bit more important at times than maybe we are (laughs) but you know what at the end of the day on that particular moment in time you've trained so hard for so long and dedicated to that one moment when it comes to it your anxiety levels are a little bit higher. You don't want any stress. You don't want any problems. And, and, and that's the thing that I appreciated the most when I fought for the bigger companies is that it was so stress-free. It was almost like everything was laid out for you. When you had to be somewhere, someone was there to pick you up and take you. You had a gym ready. You could cut weight somewhere. You had yeah. all these things on hand. And on the flip side of that, I fought for so many other shows that just didn't have that. And I know how stressful that was and how much... Problems that played, and how much organising and money it cost when you arrived, and they're just certain factors that I just were not allowed to happen in my promotion.
1: I remember one time in the gym, you were kind of telling me one of those horror stories. <clears throat> I think you said you, your dad, and your trainer were in the back. Uh, you, you were trying to get paid afterwards. I don't even think what you got paid covered the taxi. Ca- Do you remember the story specifically that I'm yeah. trying to bring up?
3: Yeah, no, I actually when I fought, I fought in Thailand like many, many years ago. I was just, I was very young and. And I remember, um, I fought a, a top Thai guy at the time and, and we had a, a real big battle. We had a long fight. It was actually a 10 round Thai boxing fight, a Muay Thai fight, which is only done for world titles. Mm. And I think we, I, I finished the fight in the ninth round and I remember going backstage and I just remember putting my hands in buckets of ice. I was just, my shins and my hands were absolutely just in pieces. We had a really grueling fight and they come back to pay us. And I remember they come in and, and they went to give us the, the who said, who, who's the money? Who's the money? I said, oh, my father. and My dad took the check and he, and he opened the envelope and they all apart and they said their goodbyes and left. And I remember he said to me, oh, you know, is the ambulance on this way? And I said, yeah, he'll be here soon. He'll be here soon. And we waited. It never came. I said, dad, open the check. I want to see, like, what I got paid. Like, I want to see what's in there. And I remember it was like uh, 800 bar uh, uh, taxi voucher. <laughs> and I remember just looking at my dad and just being like, "Are you serious? That like they gave me 800 baht for ten rounds, which is about the equivalent of like 16 dollars." Oh
2: my! And God. it was a taxi
3: voucher. <laughs> it 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 wasn't even it wasn't even real money. I couldn't even go and buy a drink or it. I had to use it on a taxi. So I wow. said to my dad called me a taxi, and I used that I used that 800 baht to take me to the to the uh, to the uh, to the hospital. Oh. <laughs> and I remember just giving it in to the hospital and just like. Get me the hell out of it! I want to go home. Like I've just had a, like this, but of course, that's a really extreme old time story. I mean, that was back in like... 1997, 98, you know, so we just a kid back then. I was going like, to say James, you know, I've I've heard experiences don't ever...
2: I,
0: I was going to say James, I've heard a lot of bad fighter <laughs> stories. I've never heard of a guy winning a fight and then getting paid with a gift card. <laughs> that is for a cab not Even get a cup of coffee.
3: <laughs> wow. I could you could even bought an ice lolly cuz it was so hot. that I had to use it for taxi. It was a taxi gift
0: card only. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, you know
1: what that gives yeah, you? A, so,
0: that gives you a story to keep in your back pocket that you can uh, whip out on a young fighter in your own promotion. That's our equivalent
1: back. of, I used to walk five yeah. miles through the snow. Yeah. Dude, back in I my day. I money. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great.
3: Yeah, but uh, I mean, I don't know how far that taxi would have even got me, to be honest. I mean, I was in such a bad state. My hands, my yeah. I, I'd cracked my shin. and I was in a big old state. I couldn't even fly home for like a week because of the injury. So, yeah, I remember just like, ah. Oh, You're in this sport for the money, you know, like, God, it's it's as if it's about money right now. But, you know, it's about passion, right? And and sometimes, you know, it's passion that leads the way. And, And that's what we got into the sport for. And that's why I kind of cringe sometimes when I see certain people in this sport, especially the smaller organizations that are out there, you know, they have no real passion for the sport. They pretend they do. They, but, they, but how can you have If you had that passion, you would have been involved. Mm-hmm. You only got involved for, because it was the fastest growing sport in the world. Three years ago, you was a plumber.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, all mm-hmm. of a sudden
3: now you're a promoter and you're trying to say you know the business. Well, I couldn't I couldn't now be a plumber in two or three years. I wouldn't know how to learn the process and go through the, the apprenticeship and learn the needs and gritty of the business. So it's just funny when these guys just switch companies all of a sudden and change your whole career path, and now all of a sudden you are a promoter. It doesn't work that way. You have to know the business to be successful, I guess. And for me, I'm still learning the business. I'm not saying that I know the industry. I just know the game. But believe me, in this in this build up to this promotion, <laughs> I, I, I I I know a lot less than <laughs> I thought I knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I've found out the hard way. Believe me. So. Now, now,
0: now, Frank, for our Australian listeners that also train, in addition to uh, going to uh, the Legend Fight Card, they can also they've also got an opportunity to do a uh, a wait seminar. This is not this is for the ACB fights, right?
1: Yeah, that's for Austria. Okay, okay, so we'll do a seminar. I believe. Uh, Do you have it on hand, real quick, uh, James, or I can pull it up.
3: You've got, um, you've got a seminar to do in Sydney. I think it's on um, Tuesday, the uh, 24th. Yes, I, I have, have it right you. here. Okay. So, on the 24th, uh, I'll be at the AKA,
1: AKA Kickboxing Academy in Sydney. Okay. Then I, uh, that's, that's right. Yep. And then on the 25th, Wednesday, I have a seminar in Melbourne.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, back to back seminars, one in Sydney. And then. Yeah.
3: The,
1: and then I'll be then actually you'll be flying
3: at a. Street. Then you're coming to the Gold Coast and you're coming to us. And I think, do you have something in Brisbane then as well
1: or no? Yeah, I'm trying to work on something with Brisbane, with Ross, at uh, the oh, okay. light uh, uh, factory out yeah. there. So either um, Thursday evening, I'm probably mm-hmm. tentatively, just I don't want to be able to mess up uh, hanging back out at the, uh, getting back to the Gold Coast. It's only an hour drive, but mm-hmm. I'll do something no, out there. What
3: I can do is, what we'll do is we'll make sure that if you're going to go to Brisbane, that we'll have, we have a, um, our, our company will drive you up there in a limo, take you up to the, to the, to the seminar, do the seminar, bring you back. And then on Friday, we have the public weigh-ins. Saturday, you have a seminar on my gym, McSweeney Fight Factory in Burley in Gold Coast. And then Saturday night, you have the we have the fight show. You know, and you, after you, that Saturday night, you have an appearance to do at the way at the, at the after party. You know, so you know, James,
0: you're gonna you gonna be get, busy. You could save a little, you could save a little money if you just give him a taxi voucher. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, hey, I've got a
2: spare one <laughs> two hundred
3: <laughs> bar, but I don't know how far it'll get you. <laughs> well, and, he didn't realise that was that was the deal we did for him for him commentating. <laughs> we did uh, a, a thousand a thousand yeah. bar for him commentating taxi vouchers. <laughs>
0: what, what what uh what led you uh but we'll have all that stuff posted on uh, frank's uh social media twitter and instagram at the frank mirror for australian listeners if you missed any of that just check his social media and, and we'll have all the details and dates and cities posted for the seminars now james what what led you to to move to uh australia when when you decided to make that move as opposed to england
3: well, it's very funny. I wasn't even um, planning to move to Thailand, to be honest. I was living in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. as Frank said, and I was fighting for 1FC at the time. Yeah. I had the opportunity to go and train in Thailand, and I did some seminars out there. And when I was there, they, they offered me so much work to work at different gyms. And, and eventually I was like, okay, this, this could be the move for us, but this could be make it easier because I'm fighting in Asia for 1FC. It's a lot closer. I'm still earning uh, American dollars, and I'm living in Thailand, That's that can p- provide a much better lifestyle than Las Vegas. So I ended up moving to, to Thailand, and I was in Thailand for two and a half years. I, I worked at a uh, Phuket Top Team, and then I worked at Tiger Muay Thai, their striking coach. I ran the MMA program. And then I opened up my own gym in Thailand as well, in Phuket. And uh, to be honest with you, my daughter was getting to like two years of age. And Of course, we started to look at the schooling systems in Thailand to think, are we actually going to stay there for real, or mm-hmm. are we going to move on? And the schooling system there wasn't the best, and it was a little bit suffered. Early years, it was good, but the later years has a problem. So um, I got another opportunity to come over to the Gold Coast. So I've been to Melbourne a lot, a bunch of times, and my wife and I, we love Melbourne. The food there is amazing, but the weather is not so great. <laughs> mm. So uh, when we came to the Gold Coast, I was doing some seminars here in the Gold Coast for like 10 days. And uh, I bumped into a lot of old family friends that I had back from England lived here. And it was just kind of put two and two together. And then someone offered me to do a gym with them. And, uh, and, and we kind of just started in love in the 10 days. And the schooling system here is really great. It's kind of like living in English America. It's like the size of America of a lot of American things. But, of course, everybody in, comes from England originally. So I had a lot more in common here. And the market, I felt, was great for me. There wasn't many MMA, solely MMA gyms. And I just thought it was the best fit. And uh, the weather was beautiful. fantastic. So... We, we gave it a try. We left, and we moved, and to be honest, we haven't looked back. It's been probably the best move we ever made.
0: You can uh, follow James McSweeney on Instagram at McSweeneyMMA, the legend uh, fight card that uh, James is promoting and Frank is uh, calling the, the uh, color commentary for once again is going to be on Australia's Gold Coast, uh, Jupiter's Hotel and Casino. That is January 28th eighth. And uh before we let you go, James, anything else you want to mention, a uh, particular website you want anybody to go to, anything like that?
3: Um yeah, I mean, they could just check out the social media it's probably the easiest way to everyone right now. It's just the Legend MMA on Instagram or on Facebook and keep up to date and um everything's posted on there so regularly. I mean just to say thank you to everyone for your constant support, you guys for having me on and and of course a huge thank you to straight Uh, I'm absolutely honored to have him come over. I look forward to seeing him again and getting him back in the gym and having him tap me out every few minutes and beat me up. So it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks.
0: Absolutely. Well, James, I always enjoyed watching you fight. and It's nice to uh, meet you at least over the phone here. Uh, Good luck with the promotion. We'll be watching it. We want uh, our phone booth fighting listeners to uh, check it out as well and support it. And uh, let's get you on again sometime, and we'll, we'll talk about the next event.
3: That's great. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate coming on to your kind words, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Maybe we can do St. Win Frank's here as well at the show and do a little uh, a broadcast there. It'd be
0: great. Ah, I like this idea, Frank. James uh, is apparently aware of our uh, periodic international podcasting that we it'll, do. It'll
1: be he and I, then we'll just we'll bring you in on Skype.
0: Let's do it. All right. A little uh, international flavor for a episode of Phone Booth Fighting coming your way soon. James McSweeney has been our guest. Thanks for being on, James.
3: Thank you, guys. Have a great
0: day. Take care. All right. We covered a lot of ground tonight, and uh, we appreciate you guys being along for the ride. Thanks to James McSweeney for joining us. Be sure to check out uh, that promotion live and in person if you're in Australia. We do have a lot of listeners in Australia, but if not, uh, pull it up on the uh, the Fight TV app and check it out because Frank Mir is going to be doing the commentary. people love it when you do the commentary. That's why a lot of people are tuning in these days to ACB. And Frank will be doing the same thing for uh, James's inaugural legend. I got another record. ACB
1: actually this weekend. What? <laughs> well, that's where I'm you actually were on the road again. Uh, you knew that. I was taking off. Uh, I know.
0: I'm trying to. I'm yeah. being your straight man. There you I'm go. Trying to do the what? Uh, what is Sorry, this? I forget we're
1: talking on to other people <laughs> too sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Thursday I'll be, be taking off. Off heading down to Austria, I mean, ACB, Vienna.
0: ACB-52, Vienna, yep. Austria.
1: Yeah, I'm actually, I've am never been there before, so. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, that is where Mozart is from. I believe dress warm. Yeah. If you've ever seen the movie Amadeus, I believe that's where all that took place. Uh, So that's going to be ACB 52. And I assume we're going to uh, be streaming it live on our phone booth fighting Facebook page as we do uh, all the ACB fights. We've been doing. Yep. So uh, I'll be tuned in for that. That'll be this weekend. And then uh, Australia for Frank the weekend after that. All right. Remember to check out our brand new website, PBF. Podcast.com pbf is in phone booth fighting pbfpodcast.com for uh, social media subscription links updates news uh, uh, our Amazon banner to click through do your shopping on Amazon from there and help support the show at no additional cost to you you can follow me on social media Twitter and Instagram at Richard Hunter on Facebook I'm official Richard Hunter Facebook he's official Frank Mir Twitter and Instagram at the Frank Mirror And, uh, Frank?
1: And you can follow Phone Booth Fighting on Facebook and Instagram. And if you go to Snapchat or Twitter, you'll just have to type in Phone Booth Fight.
0: If you were following us on Snapchat at Phone Booth Fight over the weekend, you got exclusive footage, as it happened, of Frank almost uh breaking my leg uh not not with an ankle lock but with uh an automatic uh, seat in a mustang convertible
1: i need a lot of room man
0: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean no, i'm a little bit large <laughs> yeah
0: so uh so check that one out all right for frank uh i'm richard and uh, this has been phone booth fighting we'll see you next time
1: everybody was comfy. But they fought with